Alright, here's a question for you parents out there. Wouldn't it be easier if your children understood that money really does not grow on trees? If they knew the value of a hard-earned dollar, or if they appreciated the budgeting and the financial planning that go into keeping them happy and healthy? Well, that's where Camp Change comes in. It's the brainchild of Campbell alumni Amanda Burke and Rebecca Lindout. And Camp Change is a five-day summer course in Harnett County geared toward elementary and middle school aged children that teaches them what it's like to earn and spend money and why faith and God are important when it comes to your finances. Amanda and Rebecca are with us today to talk about Camp Change, which in just a few short years has grown from under 30 students to more than 60. I'm Billy Liggett, and I'm joined by co-host Kate Stoneburner, and this Rhymes with Orange. I'm fascinated by the subject of kids and money. I have a lot of one and not a lot of the other, and I've got a lot of questions about this. But first, we ask this of all of our guests who come on to Rhymes with Orange. Uh, Amanda and Rebecca, tell us how you got to Campbell University and what you've done since leaving Campbell. Whoever wants to start. Okay, I'll go first since I'm the most recent graduate of N- Campbell. This is Amanda. Um, my experience was a non-traditional experience. Um, I began working at the time of 12, that I was 12 years old, and um, went on to have my first child by the age of 20, went into work, and in 2013, my husband said, if you want to complete your college degree, now is the time to do it. And so I had been looking at the trust and wealth management program that Campbell had to offer and was very impressed by what I had seen and wanted to just go ahead and take the final step to complete my degree. Um, so after enrolling in Campbell, my daughter was three months old wow. and I had another one at home. So now I have two kids and um, and, I, and I decided to jump in head first. So we made it work and um I was also apprehensive about coming to college so late in life because I didn't think that I would be relate relatable to the kids. And I was really surprised once I got here. Um, I made a lot of friends at Campbell, a lot of lifelong friendships. And um, As I, long as you didn't call them the kids while you were here. Yeah, I didn't call them the kids, no. <laughs> they, they usually came to, me for adv- came to me for advice, a lot of them yeah. did. Um, and I feel incredibly blessed to have participated in the trust program and to have had the opportunity to learn from Jimmy Witherspoon, David Butler, and Dr. Edward, uh, Edward Fubara, who are some of my, my favorite teachers. Um, once I came time to graduate, I'd already had a job lined up. So that's one thing that the trust school does really a really great job with is helping you get prepared right. once you graduate. Um, and then right after I had accepted the job, um, we found out that we were expecting our third child. And shortly after that, I went home to stay with baby number three. And um, started talking with Rebecca at that time and decided before I had him um, in January of 2017, decided to lead a Financial Peace University class at um, the church, at Antioch Baptist Church. And from there, the parents were beginning to ask a lot of questions. You know, they were like, I wish I had known a lot of this earlier on. Let me, let me, because yeah. you're going into, into yep, why we're here, but before we get there, <laughs> yeah, Rebecca, tell us, ahead, tell us your Campbell story, and then we're going to meet at the path there. Um, my Campbell story uh, is a little different. Um, I was a recipient of teaching fellows at ECU and a recipient of the presidential scholar, um, presidential scholarship here, and I went to ECU and, and checked them out and asked about their religion program because I always thought I wanted to do religion and education. And um, they said that um, religion classes were offered by 
demand basically and i thought i don't want to go anywhere there's not constant demand right. for that and so campbell seemed the obvious choice and so uh, shout out to dr jonas and dean neary <laughs> <laughs> back in 2001 um but yeah that was that was my heart was that um i wanted i wanted to work with children and and i wanted to to learn more about god and be able to teach others about god and so you're the Minister of Children and Education at Antioch uh, Baptist in, in Mamers. And that's how you met Amanda. So, so that's how we get to, to that this point. That's how we met. <laughs> that's um, how we melt together. So the, so the reason uh, we have you here is Camp Change. Uh, it's fascinating, fascinating program that you have. Tell us about it and tell us about how the two of you came together to make it happen. Well, um, it came out of a series of conversations with both Amanda and with other parents and just my own frustration um, with my own daughter's situation of uh, seeming to never have enough. And I was uh, talking to you guys earlier about blind bags. I don't know if you're aware of those, but they're these little bags of toys that you don't know what you've got in the bag until you open it. And, right. and kids are just addicted to them. And I could not get my kid to stop talking about them, wanting them, demanding them. Like, And it was just enough. Okay, enough. And so uh, I was talking to some other parents about it and it was like, I know, right? Like, I can't <laughs> like these kids. Give me a break. Like every now and then, can you not want something? And uh, right about that time that these conversations were happening Amanda was um, about to teach uh, the Financial Peace University and um, all of the parents that were in there and all of the adults said I, I wish that I had known this stuff sooner like I would be a millionaire so <laughs> <Of course. laughs> absolutely. so um, you know Amanda and I started having some conversations about how how we could meet that need um, both spiritually and financially and um, that's kind of where that that conversation took off my idea for Camp Change was born out of that. So how old were your children, both of you, when the idea for Camp Change came about? I had a 12-year-old, a 3-year-old, and a newborn baby. Okay. So, 12-year-old. Yeah. A 6-year-old and a 1-year-old. Huh. Hmm. And who came up with the name? I'm just curious. I have to ask. We went with Money Camp first. That's okay. what we called it. But I think the idea was to change the heart and change the behaviors. And we were yeah. making a play on words with change. Definitely. So <laughs> that that's where we, we ended up meeting uh-huh. in the middle and coming up with Camp uh-huh. Change. So you're hearing from a lot of other families, yes, my kids are always wanting more. Do you guys really feel like kids today are more entitled than you remember when you were growing up? <laughs> She's raising her hands. <laughs> uh, yes, Absolutely. Okay. I think with technology and um, the culture being so fast-paced, um, everybody wants it now. They're not really yeah. willing to wait and save, and patience is not there, absent of patience. Instant gratification. Uh-huh. And um, so I, I think I think the answer would be yeah. yes. And now you see them watching like the YouTube videos where everything is advertised. Everything yeah. is an advertisement. All of my daughters. Yeah, all of my daughters' favorite YouTube shows are just one big advertisement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you know when you see these kids start off their YouTube channel like making slime, and now later on they're cutting open like five thousand dollar soccer balls to see yes. what's inside. You go, what is what is happening here? And and you know, kids don't realize that that's they, not they normal. Have paid yeah. advertising. You and your ordinary life do not have paid advertising. And so um that that was just a real challenge because they're inundated with, with consumerism. Right. And there really is no, at least in 
the public school system I went to, there's really no financial anything for kids growing up. But did you two feel when you were growing up that your parents like instilled any financial wisdom or knowledge or any principles on you just in the home? I can say that I grew up in a home with a single father. My, my father raised my brothers and I, and um, it was a struggle. It was mm-hmm. really a struggle for him to meet financial obligations. And um, that for me early on, just seeing that side of aspect of, you know, the absence of money um, has really kind of led me to want to be more financially sound yeah. and prepared. Um, my parents did. Um, teach us about the value of money for sure. Um, when we were young, my dad was just starting out his dental practice and my mom was a stay at home mom. So, um, I remember being, being cautious, them being cautious, not really passing that on, like necessarily saying we don't have money for something, but that they were, um, they were wise in how they spent their money and they taught us to be wise and they taught us to appreciate the things that we had. And, um, we, you know, grew, a garden in our backyard, you know, and yeah, we were expected when we got to be teenagers to have summer jobs. And I learned really quickly from my brother's experience that I did not want to work in the tobacco field. So I got (laughs) my lifeguarding, you know, credentials and did that all summer, but it was important. My parents taught us a real sense of responsibility. So you, sorry, I'm still very, (laughs) (laughs) mine's elsewhere. Um, I had my question down here. I'll now edit that part out, of course. Um, blah, 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 blah. okay. So the two of you come up with this idea and you start camp change and you, you have this first session with, with how many children was it the, the first year? 30. A couple years ago, right? 30? 30. And you're up to how many now? 64 Six. this past year. Oh my goodness. So 30 to 64, what happened in that first year that, that caught on with the other parents or had other people come up to you go, Wow, this is such a great idea. Like, what what about this is catching on and, and making it so, I guess, in demand now? I think that it's a, a an issue of, of heart that a lot of parents don't know um, spiritually how to address, um, that all, all families, I think, struggle with, um, no matter what your uh, financial situation is. Being able to talk with your kids honestly and openly and helping them tie in the the spiritual aspect to it is is so important and I think what changed also was that Amanda and I really dug in deep about our curriculum um, because we had kind of um, written some things and piecemealed some other things from different sources last year and we weren't really happy with the total package and um, we wrote our own curriculum this year and and really um, put our hearts into it and and what we wanted our children to know and we knew that other parents would want their children to know that too. So I have kids with sim- of similar ages. I have a, a nine-year-old now, wow, a seven-year-old, and a four-year-old. And the uh, <laughs> the uh, um, I, and the nine-year-old, I think she would like this. But for me, telling my seven-year-old that you've got a choice between skateboard camp and finances camp, <laughs> he's not going to be real excited about finances camp. But obviously, this is really popular. So what do you do to make it fun? Tell us, tell us what a day in the life of camp change is like. Wow, we have from the time they get there, they start out with a um, an opening celebration, and then it turns into um, sort of a, a Bible study type type 
situation, but there's games involved, like lots of games. There and you then go. after that, they break up and they have game game time. And in the financial lessons that we have, there's games involved in that. Um, what what comes after that? Lunch, and then then they have lunch, of course, which is social hour because they just <laughs> love to talk to their friends at that time. Um, and then we go back into they could do their um. Interactive experiences. Interactive experiences. After that. And the interactive experiences are more like a... They're... I would say if you compare it to anything, it would be compared to like a craft time. But what our interactive experiences were geared to do was to teach them about missions within the community. So they participated in helping a certain mission within the community. Um, For instance, the Agape Pregnancy Center. They tie-dyed t-shirts for that. They built birdhouses for shut-ins. They cooked meals for the um, Beacon Rescue Mission. Um, they did care packets for the homeless and they did some basic maintenance around the church to help out with the beautification of the church. And they did, they did portraits for, for just family members and anybody that they felt like needed. So there's an important, there's an important service aspect to this too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And part of that is helping the kids to understand that no matter what your gifting is, there's a place of service for God, you know, in your life and understanding that whatever you do. Um, when you bring God into the equation, you can do so much more. Okay. We, w- we want to get into the faith part of this because it's certainly an important part uh, of this camp. But I remember when I spoke to you previously about this, um, one of the things you said that while this is fun, there are some tough questions that are raised by the kids. And I think one of them you told me was, uh, why are there rich people and poor people? So um, what are some of the, maybe not just just the tough questions, but what are the most common questions that kids have when they come into this? Um, I would say one of the, the biggest questions that, that was asked to me, and I was just like a deer in headlights the first time that they asked me this question, um, was... If God loves us all, then why do some people have a lot of money and some people have no money? And the response that I, after researching and praying about it and going through the Bible, the the truth was that when sin entered the world, it messed up everything that was fair and perfect and good. And sin messed up the way that people chose to make and spend money. And money, money certainly has an impact on the way that people live. And without money, options are limited to what a person or family will have access to. So by addressing sin and the behaviors that come with sin, each person can in turn evaluate his or her own sin and make those changes to sinful behaviors regarding money. But most importantly, none of this can be accomplished without the study of the Bible, God's words. It takes studying and understanding God's words to transform their hearts and minds so that they can help to recognize those sinful behaviors and eliminate them. And just really making that point and addressing it from that stance really kind of got them to say, Okay, I I see now. And I think helping children to understand that that our money is not our own, that all money is God's money, and that it's not used to be a blessing just to ourselves. It's used to be a blessing to others. And when we choose our wants over other people's needs, um, we're not living um, the lifestyle that God calls us to. So that's another important aspect. Man, these are huge concepts to me to imagine myself grasping as like, what is this, first and second graders sometimes? 
Um, are there any specific, you mentioned there's a Bible study portion of the camp. Are there any specific stories in the Bible that you guys use to illustrate good finances versus bad finances? Cause I think that'd be really confusing as a kid thinking, oh, if I sin, I'm going to become poor yeah. or, oh, I already have sinned, so I'm not going <laughs> to well, ever become rich. Right. We use the prodigal son to demonstrate entitlement and okay. we, how both sons in, exemplified entitlement. Um, we use the story of Zacchaeus um, to talk about how you can change your behavior, how he paid back, you know, four times what he had taken from people and gave half of everything he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we use the story of the early church about everyone sharing um, so that all had everything that they needed. Um, and then we used uh, the story of the fall um, to talk about how sin messed everything up. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a, a good versus bad. Like these are not good things to do with money or bad things to do with money. It's more so addressing the behaviors as to why people choose to do these things regarding money and to get them to understand that this is another choice that you can make and do these things to help you be yeah. financially successful. Yeah. Choose yeah. with your head and with your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you ever have kids go home to their parents and start saying, I don't think that's a very wise purchase, Mom. I mean, <laughs> does it ever backfire really on them? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We've had some feedback from parents. One of my favorites was on the budgeting tool. We taught kids how to do a simple budget on our day three. And one of the little girls took it home to her mom. And her mom came back to me the next day because we also have parental homework assignments that are sent home. Oh so parents have to participate and engage with them at night. And so um, the little girl's mom comes to me and says, Amanda, I just... I don't really feel comfortable about this. And she said, um, I was kind of caught off guard by this, this budgeting thing. And so I said, well, the purpose of this was just to, for you to be able to show what it takes to run your household so that they can get a visual um, and accurate representation of how much money does mm-hmm. it take to run my household? What do my parents have to pay out? So you don't really have to give them the real numbers. You can just you know make it up. She's like, okay, okay, I got it. So later she actually came and talked with me and she said, you know, I was really uncomfortable about that because I felt, you know, financially insecure myself. And so I felt insecure having that conversation, which led to another conversation of her wanting to have some financial counseling later down the road. So it kind of opens those doors and gets parents thinking. Um, But, you know, just because of that one conversation, that parent may be willing to make a change in their lifestyle as well to help, you know, with the, with the children and so on and so forth. So. Yeah. Is there is there a little bit of pressure to take what you're teaching and to utilize it in your own home, or is uh, how have you, how have your own households changed since you started doing this? Uh, well, we definitely have gone to a um, commission or allowance system, um, and. My daughter often asks me, would this be a good use of my money? <laughs> wow. And so she, but she also tries to play on mommy's heartstrings. So she'll say, I've been saving up for this soccer ball, but I really want to get prizes for the prize box at school, mom. Which one would be a good use of my money? <laughs> you know? Okay. So it's like, yeah, I want your prize box to have prizes too. But you know, you need to learn that that's part of what, that's what we talk about in Camp Change is that you have to plan ahead so you can do the most good. Mm. So um, she needs to make that a part of her budgeting and a part of her planning so that she can do both things that, that she would like to do and not always depend on our parents. You know, that's the thing for, for kids is they, they depend on their parents for, you know, all of their, their needs. But then they also expect their parents to help them when there's things going on at church that need an offering. Kids need to also make an offering to the Lord. 
and so they need to plan ahead to make an offering. And in my in my house, my um, I have a 13-year-old now um, who just kind of randomly leaves her things sprinkled around the house um, and not much appreciation from time <laughs> to time. So um, for her earning her own money and having to work towards having those things that she desires to have has really put a damper on her um, <laughs> her you know, outlook on some of that. Um, and I always tell her, I'm like, you're the oldest one here at Camp Change, so you have to set the example for the other kids. And um, and oh so gosh. she does follow that. And my youngest daughter has started tithing at church. Um, and so with the little bit of money that she earns, she'll actually just give half of it. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Just keep half doing that. Great. You know, so half 50% <laughs> is great. We'll take that. But, um, but she is more willing to give. Before, she'd be like, oh, it's mine. Do I have to? You know. Yeah. But now she is more willing to give. Because, because they understand the places that they go. That was one of the things. That, yeah, yeah, that was one of the things that we hit on in camp. Where do, where do our tithes and offerings go? And when kids realized that they went to help with missions and they went to help kids have a, a dental bus and a medical bus and things like mm-hmm. that that couldn't afford it otherwise... Mm-hmm. They were on it. I mean, they were they were all about it, and they came back from their um, tour of the Baptist State Convention, wanting to to do one of the mission projects that they had heard about, the Appalachia Backpack Ministry. Our kids were like, "Let's do it!" And so we're doing it now. Yeah, Kate, I feel like this would be like the perfect opportunity. It's a podcast, so it's not live. But if we were live, I'm sure there would be so many parents out there right now. We would say, "Open up the phone lines," (laughs) and. And ask your questions because I, I just imagine everybody, you, you mentioned the mystery box or the mystery prizes and mm-hmm. my kids, the same thing. And my son drew, he opens it and 99% of the time he's like, ah, oh, that's what's in it. You know, it's the instant gratification that they're going for. And then the ultimate disappointment. And this one's not super rare. The, <laughs> right. Right. But everybody has unique problems and that's why I find what you guys to do so fascinating. Yeah. I, I saw that you were featured by the biblical recorder. Um, even the Dun Daily Record has written about you, and now you're with us and and uh, Campbell. Um, what uh, clearly people find this interesting, and there's going to be more demand for it. So, what's next for Camp Change? Well, right now we are um, developing our website. We do have a website at antiochweb.org, um, and we're currently developing a separate website from that one for Camp Change. Um, we've created a blog post for Camp Change at campchange.blog. And we have decided to take steps to move forward to publishing the curriculum for Camp Change. And we have a illustrator um, by the name of Amanda Dockery who is partnering with us. And she is in the process right now of illustrating four children's books um, that go, will go along wow. to supplement with Camp Change. Um, I'll show you some of the illustrations. They're pretty cute. Yeah, please. Um, so during Camp Change, we had skits every day, and the kids enjoyed the skits so much that we decided to just take them out and make them supplemental children's books for them to to go through as well. So some yeah. of the kids couldn't really read just yet or act out, you know, appropriately, so... That's true. I'm sure some of these kids don't really do math yet, and here yeah. they are in a financial challenge. Be surprised. Yes. Really? Yes. They and and they like to be challenged. They mm-hmm. really do like to be challenged. Some of my best best um, students, so to speak, were probably the younger kids. The older mm-hmm. kids were just like, oh, we kind of know this already. But then when it came down to application, you know, sure. they, they were like, okay, I'm paying attention now. Maybe <laughs> maybe I don't know it all, you know. So, but the younger ones, they were really engaged with it. Yeah. How about this for an idea? Next year, we'll have you guys back on next year, and we'll do a Facebook Live feed when we do yes. it, and that way people can just type in their questions for you. 
it can almost be like you're you're hosting your own show. So maybe we can do that for you next year. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> we would love to be back. Definitely. Well, we're out of time. Uh, Amanda and Rebecca, thank you so much for being on our show. And uh, you, we will have a feature on the two of you in an upcoming edition of Campbell Magazine. And uh, like I said, next year, that Facebook Live thing, that's going to happen. So thank <laughs> you both so much. And, and good luck. Good luck with yeah. continued success with Camp Change. And uh, if anybody wants to learn more, we will post the website along with the podcast for this on the podcast site. So thank you both very much. Thank you.